0: you need to get in front of someone who's interested in the product or service that you offer or the challenges and solutions that you bring to them do you know how to get access to clinicians and decision makers how to gain and retain the conscious attention of your potential customers especially at trade shows here's all you need to know before you go navigating trade shows with the medtech business academy Joining us today from the Med Expert team are...
1: Hi, my name is Mike Sparduti, and I am the CEO of Emerge Sales.
2: Hi, this is Ted Newell, CEO of Medical Device Success, home of the Medical Device Success podcast.
3: Hi, I'm
4: Scott Alexander, CEO of Gyrus Marketing.
2: This
3: is Skenner Derity, CEO of the Clinician Exchange.
5: I'm Barbara Strain, principal and owner of Barbara Strain Consulting.
1: So guys, I'm just wondering, uh, you know, I'm working with my clients, and it just seems to me that access to decision makers, to get in front of the clinicians and executives that we want to get in front of is just becoming more difficult in any media. And I was just wondering if you guys were experiencing the same thing, and what are we doing to try to overcome this uh, challenge?
2: Well, why why don't you explain that a little bit further, what you're experiencing, Mike?
1: Sure. So, look, I mean, to sell anything, you have to get somebody's conscious attention or a meeting, where the party is interested in engaging in the subject matter of your product or service or the challenges and solutions that you bring to them. And what I'm finding is because of the shortage of labor that exists in healthcare, because of the the, the increase in demand that's going on, that's that's happening in the healthcare system. Uh, because people are going back to the doctor for normal procedures that they weren't going to before, that the folks just don't have the time to spend with salespeople and literally just getting their attention, whether it's making a phone call, whether it's using digital marketing, whether it's using email marketing, that the conversion ratios are going down and that, that, that there are less meetings that are happening based on the activity that you used to be doing. You used to be getting a lot more output, that that output is now diminishing and that was just okay. so so it's just not it's not
2: covid it's not so much covid related as just time related
1: yeah well because everybody's now using all of these methodologies that they weren't using before like inside sales everybody's using inside sales for the most part digital marketing everybody's using digital marketing podcasts are becoming more important webinars everybody's now using these tools and the market's getting saturated and so that's impacting the access to the decision maker Because they're getting bombarded right now. I know email marketing
3: rates have just plummeted uh, as far as open rates and click-through rates. I mean, we've seen it uh, for all of our clients. So yeah, I can attest to that.
4: I I think you're struggling too with like, who are the decision makers? Because it used to be really clear, like if you had a surgical product, you go to Dr. Smith and he was your guy and he could say yes. And now like you really can't do, you don't even know what kind of juice he has versus the materials management team or whatever I think that's part of it too Uh,
5: yeah most folks today are like at sort of solid state right they're not really we can't handle any new things you know there may not be money there it's they're still trying to recover you know surgical and other procedures so they're really not taking on a lot of new things unless someone can really show them huge value that's going to make the CEO and the CFO happy.
4: And that's going to be like that for a while. Like we're going to be two years out. And and I think CFOs at health systems have realized that, hey, if they lock things down, patient care, it's not like patient quality just plummets. I think that the bar is going to be permanently higher about how much value you actually have to bring. And you're going to get told
3: no a lot more than you used to. See, it's really funny right now because some of the things that we've seen is as it relates to new business, it's, you're right, Mike, you're spot on. It's so hard to get to anybody and to get any initiatives going. However, in a totally opposite vein for existing customers, sales reps, especially in those elective procedures, are more important today than they've ever been before because there aren't enough, there's not enough labor in the OR suite, right? (laughs) Rarely for those OR procedures. They're literally looking to those sales reps says here's a body who can help me put this product who can put this procedure through so it's kind of funny that you've got this dichotomy of uh, on the spectrum of on one side I, I don't have time for you on the other side don't leave me yeah
2: i, I, wonder, think- I wonder if this is what you know it's funny before we hit, hit the record button i was talking about trade shows you know so we're talking about access mike you, you started this as, what is our access and trade show would typically be an access point and I was thinking maybe trade show attendance was down because of COVID, but it could be down because people can't afford to be away from their office, you know, to see patients, to do their surgeries, whatever. Uh, it could be a combination of things, not just COVID, but it could also be that they've got to be there to make up for lost time that, you know from prior years and, and so on.
1: Yeah, I would agree, Ted. I think that, you know, the folks just don't have the time right now to be looking at new opportunities. They need to be taking care of patients. And and that has become a real big thing. And, and you know, Barbara and Scott said it best in that if you're not solving a major problem right now, you're not getting anybody's attention. Right. So I think, you know, go to the trade show example. Well, trade show attendance, I think, Ted, you'd mentioned that it's down about 50% or something like that. Yeah. So the question is, do you go? And my answer to that question is yes. And I'll tell you why. Because the, there's at least 50% of the decision makers are there, right? You ha- the, 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 the thing that everybody, what I'm telling my clients right now is don't stop doing it, right? That's ridiculous to think doing nothing is going to get you there. Not going is, is going to get you there. Right now, you got to turn up the frequency And you just have to be mindful and accept the fact that those projections and those conversion rates are not even close to what they, you know, you're just gonna be working a lot harder and a lot longer to get the business today. But the answer is not not going or not doing it. It's doing it and doing it more efficiently. And my last point is, and when you finally get somebody who raises their hand and says, I'm interested, you better be brilliant. And you better be all all in on, you know, doing the right thing to earn that business. Yeah.
4: I, I, so I'm going to take the counterpoint. I think that, uh, and part of it is just to be a little bit uh, controversial, but I've never liked trade shows. I've always found, you know, back when I was at Medtronic, we were talking about reverse expos, and we can talk about uh, how, how joyful those occasions are. Uh, but, but the reality is, how many times do you go to a trade show and um, you end up sitting in a booth, and you have some, you know, the, the only people who are coming up to talk to you are from some far off land, some other country where you don't even, it's not your territory. <laughs> and you're, I mean, am I wrong, right? And so, uh, right, love them to death. But I, you just, it just that you, you, as a guy who looks, thinks about ROI, I'm like, like, I'm thinking like, what's my return here? It's like, this is not driving any value for us.
1: Well, Scott, if you're sitting in your booth hoping that people show up, yeah, I would say that that's a complete waste of time. Yeah. I think, yeah. so, but but if you use a strategy which you can deploy for them, yeah. and that is basically say that you're going to be at the show and give them a reason to stop by or set a lunch meeting or some reason, yes. so that way yeah. you're on the must see list. Mm-hmm. Now that's a better use of going to the show. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I sure. was going to comment to that.
5: You really need to make appointments and things. Mm-hmm. Just attend the show. Uh, you can help to support the organization that puts it on and and do a sponsorship for an event or something like that. You don't have to buy a booth. And if you do scale down your booth, the days of the you know, 3,000 square foot living room, you know, booths in the, you know, tiers and stuff, I think are over. It's making those meaningful connections, because even people from, usually those uh, shows are held in populist, you know, cities. So you're going to have people that can, you know, come in for the day and sit down and have lunch with you at the meeting or something like that. So it's making those connection opportunities and whether they're, we can love or hate reverse, you know, expos and conferences and all that kind of stuff, but go to where you can make those connections and it, and it doesn't take much time.
3: So what, what I can tell you is we've been to about five trade shows. We spend a lot of time at trade shows uh, Our organization. We probably go into about 20 to 25 a year. We've already been to five this year. Um, and, and the thing I'll tell you is, yes, the provider attendance is down. The supplier attendance is probably at an all time because everybody's just so excited to be out and about. <laughs> um, it's, 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 like a, it's like a big reunion for so many suppliers to be there. But what I can tell you is And just anecdotally speaking, the providers that are there are engaged per Mike's point. And so yes, there may not be, the ratio may no longer be 10 of them, 10 to one, whatever it may be, maybe it's three to one, but I can tell you they are engaged. And the discussions that I'm having with suppliers are, are overall quantity of discussions are down or having good quality discussions. Yes. Um, and that has definitely been and take that as an end value of five. That's what we've heard repeatedly.
2: Mm-hmm. I would just like to ask um, uh, Barb or Scott or somebody explain the reverse trade show.
3: So
4: When you do something really bad in life, and <laughs> if you're if you're Catholic, there's a thing called purgatory. And, and one step below purgatory is a reverse expo. <laughs> um, so it's so basically both Parties. Expo. For both yeah. parties not just oh believe me party. oh it's it's like so imagine the the um, the worst parts of being in a trade show and then you are also just anyway I, I'm not a fan of of so Scott, a you would of this. highly I'll, recommend I'll, I'll it. do and the would,
5: explanation and he can do it. add it's, his I'll stop
4: complaining know. about it what whatever
5: comments <laughs> and stuff <Yeah>. so <laughs> it's where the providers have booths Yes, And the suppliers line up to see various folks. As you can imagine, some of those lines can be very long because I want to get in with, you know, Acme, you know, provider group and stuff. You get maybe five minutes uh, at best, (laughs) you know, cards get exchanged and stuff. Now, I go to a lot of them because I wear my AVAP hat when I go. So we're looking for mem- potential members and providers to join and let's get value going really well in healthcare. But then suppliers come to our booth because we want them to support, become members, come to our meetings. So I do a lot of business at um, Reverse Expo. So wearing a totally different hat in my role as an independent consultant, I have client meetings. I find new clients, have great conversations over. You know, I can't find a table to sit down. Here's an empty chair, and pretty soon I got some call set up for next week. So it's an opportunity to get together with people and make good connections. You just have to know how to use that time wisely. Yeah.
1: Okay. You, okay. You, so it's like so speed, it's like speed dating for business, right? It's it's like being hit on in a bar.
4: <laughs> by everybody it just so here's here's what happens is you agree to stand in a booth and there's a line of people that are that are just like banging your door down and they have the most important widget that you've never even heard of like i i'm sorry i kid you not <laughs> um this is a true story we were in the reverse expo I'm, i won't mention which one and we had a guy that was standing there it was getting bothered because we were having an actual conversation with a supplier that had something interesting and you could tell he's getting agitated because literally they stand in line and he got up and he's like, let me tell you about clocks. And sorry, if this is your company, my apologies, I don't mean to slam anybody, but like, this is one of those where like, really it's synchronized clocks for hospitals, because what happens in the instance that the, uh, you, somebody records a time of death at 12.04 and then somebody else records something at 12.05, some, service that had been provided before that, and maybe the insurance doesn't pay it. And I'm standing there like, dude, no, like why? And, and the reality is, and forgive me, I'm gonna sound harsh because uh, I'm all hopped up on beef, and, <laughs> brisket and, uh, and pecan pie for lunch. But the, the reality is I didn't wanna meet with you when it was on my terms. And so the fact that like you're gonna corner me in this and then blast me about like synchronized clocks, it, it's just, that's not, a good, that's not a good use of my time. And so that's why I get really irritated when it comes to reverse expos.
3: So, so let me tell you about the supplier side. You have to wait 45 minutes in line to have yeah. somebody politely nod, knowing wow. that they're not paying attention to you because they've just been hit on 50 times in a row. Yeah. And then you just say, okay, who do I talk to? And then they say, you know what? Give me a call, send me an email. So it can get lost in that litany of other email with the other 45 people that waited in front of you to yeah. talk to the same person. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I, I do think so. If so, now let's think about the positive, and then Barbara, you can you can actually correct me on on uh, all the terrible things that I've said about synchronized clocks. My apologies to the company, that that's their life mission, but um, <laughs> biscuit and uh, beef, brisket, and pecan pie. Um, uh, where, where it would be much more valuable to put up with, I know, right? Uh, and we work together on some things. So, where um, where it'd be really more valuable is if you recognize that Scott Alexander. For mercy is going to be at this reverse expo. If you can reach out ahead of time and say, Hey, Scott, I know you're busy. At reverse expos, we understand it's a step down from purgatory, right? I know you're going to be busy. I'd love to find 15 minutes with you
1: mm-hmm. and talk to you
4: about my synchronized clocks. Um, then that is a different story because, you know, this is kind of, again, the penance that we pay to attend some of these uh, larger events. And so we go in and it's just it's that drudgery that you mentioned, Skander, because you just, I mean, you're waiting in line to get your five minutes with somebody cranky like me. And it's not, it's not the best use. But Mike, to the point you're making earlier, and, and Barbara, you were as well, is like if you can actually be proactive and thoughtful about okay, who do I want to talk to? How do I want to make this work? Understanding that it's probably not gonna be booth time that's gonna make or break your relationship, but, but establish the relationships. I think you can make something work. You just need to be smart and proactive about it as opposed to doing the same thing that everybody else
1: is doing. Yeah, you, you, you can't play the same game. You have to play a different game. But all the assets are there and the resources are there. You just have to take a, a totally different approach to it. Yep,
5: And I agree with Skinder. is the quality of the people that are attending today versus before you just don't have a bunch of people like researchers or somebody coming by and want to take home a bunch of pens you everybody wants a meaningful conversation and i like you you know be quick be gone be bright whatever you you're
1: great be brilliant be done
5: yeah that one is really great But what we've started to do, now I'm talking AVAP again, so don't mean to always plug that, but we actually asked our suppliers, what would you rather do besides a booth? And we got a lot of great feedback. So we're going to provide opportunities for small focus groups and other things to Mm. go on during our meeting so that it's not just waiting for somebody to come by your booth and we're very careful about right sizing how many for the attendees and things because we know that people aren't just going to stand around and wait and see everybody right so we think that and we had a conversation about this maybe six months or way ago in one of our webinars but Trade shows is like, do they go away? Do they provide something? Don't they? I think we need to rethink them because they are a lot of waste. When you think about everybody flying, traveling, you know, all the hotels, dollars, cents. So we need to think of something better. And it's a combination of all those things Mike talked about. We're so saturated with all the virtual stuff. So we have to decide, you know, What's going to be effective, but there's lots of different ways to do it.
2: I think that yeah, you know, we're talking about solutions now to the problems that that Mike started us out on. And the um, you know, I, I remember when I was in charge of sales of the large organization, if people went to a trade show, they had the salespeople had to have a plan. They had to have a one or two page plan. What their what their goals were for the trade show as an individual salesperson. Don't rely on marketing. You know, the marketing people had their goals and the things they had to do, which I think we need to step up now and be very specific about how to drive people to the booth. But the salespeople had to have their own plan, how many people they were going to see, how many leads they were going to get, what kind of appointments they were going to set, who they were hoping to see, and well, who they had set appointments with. If they didn't, and then we talked about the plan every day. And I see so many people at trade shows where you can tell there's no plan. They just are there. They arrive. They they set up the booth and they sit. Um, can't do that. Can't succeed that way.
1: Mm-mm. Just just to turn it to a to a different direction. So what is what are people seeing that are are working in this environment to get meaningful conversations? What's working? Digital marketing. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what
4: you say, Scott? D- digital marketing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it system, is so- working.
1: Wait, wait. Digital so- marketing is working. My my question though is because I have clients, and actually, I'm going I wanted to talk to Scott about digital yeah. marketing after this yeah. call, but um, I guess my question is for the clients that I'm working with that are using digital marketing, it's working, but not just not working nearly as they're not getting enough. Yeah. So they they're getting leads, it's just not enough to feed a company.
4: Yeah, so so I would say this next this next spot is or spot, uh, section is sponsored by Scott Alexander. Um, let me tell you what is working when it comes to digital marketing. Um, here's what I would tell you uh, from a what's what we actually see working. Number one is uh, brand awareness, right? So companies need to be known by their potential buyers. So that's I think we can all agree with that. The reality is that could be corporate level marketing, right? Hey, we're such and such synchronized clocks. You'll see our brand ads all over the place. The, the thing that that is working uh, really well, though, is relationship building. So when you're, doing, when you're doing outreach, it can't be as Alexander synchronized clocks. It needs to be Scott Alexander reaching out to Dr. Barbara Strain or whatever the case might be. And, and I think that's the thing that people get wrong a lot when it comes to digital is you think, OK, we have a website. We're done. Wrong answer, right? OK, so we have a website uh, and we have an email campaign. OK, that's nice. But what you really need is you need to think about how do you build relationships because no one's ever going to buy millions of dollars, a a $2 million surgical robot because they saw an ad on Facebook, like never going to happen. But so you need to understand the purpose of what digital marketing and marketing in general is about, which is to establish the relationships so that you can then get get into the doors. Uh, So that's what's working.
3: I want to build off of that. It's content. Um, Mm -hmm. And not just, you know, there's brand awareness content, and then there's more in depth content content, you have to use the first part to get to the second part. Okay, so if you don't have decent stuff on on, uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever it may be just something to catch people's eye so that when you do have meaningful content, and that's what we're seeing a lot of engagement, is with KOL development, key opinion leaders, and really leveraging and building up a cadre of key opinion leaders and sending them out there to advocate on your behalf, okay? And really finding ways to get these these physicians, nurses, value analysis people, whoever they may be, these professionals to advocate on your behalf amongst their peers. And hopefully it's done with the proper altruistic means, not necessarily just, I'm talking about I'm the 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 greatest surgeon in the world and I use this product because really I use it because the company's paying me. But hopefully you've identified a surgeon that ultimately really likes the product uses the product and swears by that product you want to talk about real content in today's market that's what's moving the mark that's what we're seeing I and mean, we we're, we're we're developing more KOL development for just putting speakers into remote society meetings Um, you know, some of the big companies used to skip some of those remote society meetings. They might go to the national chapter meeting, but they weren't going to the local meetings. Well, now they're seeing the value of, as you say, Mike, it's harder to get to the, get to the thought leader. It's hard to get to that person. So now they're expending the resources and the money to do more of these meetings because those people come there for the CE, the CME credits, right? Go where they are. Stop doing what you were doing before. Yeah. Right.
5: Because it's that relationship that's just so important because you have to understand where is that customer, not physically, but in their journey. You know, are they even ready to hear about your product? Not everybody can do a robot. Not everybody can do this. So how do you find those specific sort of niches? Don't just say, I'm gonna blitz all of this. Have actually, like, you know, um Ted says so. Eloquently, you have a plan, but you got to make the relationships. What do they really need? But uh, we haven't talked data yet, but every one of those things has data in the background. And what the hardest thing for a supplier to do is look inwardly and really gnash through their data and find those gems. They rely on too many other sort of set metrics and don't really dive into their own data
1: you know the word that keeps on coming up is relationship 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 and what i love about this environment is the more things change the more things they remain the same Mm -hmm. and so you know what, what we're seeing working that's working really well is stuff that i learned in the life insurance business and that is you go to your friends and family first right and you sell them and then you get referrals from them who do you know that could use my service so uh, what we're and we're scaling that digitally as well. So what we'll do is we'll go into you know somebody who's a buyer of, let's say, an, an analyzer that's a great customer of ours. We'll go to see who he or she is linked in with, we'll target those decision makers, and we'll put a campaign around that, and we'll actually get permission from the from the referral source to say, can we use your name? Can we talk about the fact that we have this relationship? And just going back to basics but using digital tools to, sh- to scale it that's really working well number one number two is you know there's a whole world out there called independent reps and these independent reps have like you know typically 10 or 15 really good relationships where if you can get them to carry your product they'll walk you right to the front of the line to get you the attention and the meeting of the decision maker that you're looking for so Back to old school, I think we have to capitalize more on the relationships that we have and pivot from there.
4: Mm-hmm. I, I think that's interesting. Was, uh, a couple of us know a company that um, is looking for really good distributors, independent reps. Um, so we can talk about that because I think that, I think there's something there about if you're a small company, I was kind of going through my head, maybe this is a little devious because I'm, you know, in, in reverse expo purgatory. Uh, <laughs> maybe this is the reason why I had to go do the reverse expo in the first place is um, I think you could probably today, if you're a small uh, crafty startup, you could build your own KOLs. You could uh, establish great relationships and you could build a really significant, you could build the pipeline that you want in record time today. Because if we go back, if trade shows are dead, trade shows are tied to conferences, right? Conferences volumes are way, way down. The reason why KOLs are KOLs is because they have somebody who's putting them on the podium at a a conference. So if people aren't going to conferences, then you have kind of an open field for who are these KOLs. You could go and you could find, in fact, uh, we're doing this, not deviously, this is is high quality work that we're doing, but um, we have a a company that we work with that's in the neurovascular space. We're going to go through and we're going to find who's publishing in their particular disease area. And then we're going to build relationships with them and then utilize their expertise through digital outreach and other things to start to build awareness around uh, the topic of what we're doing. Right. So I think you can do that now in a way that you, if you were a small company, if it's you know six of us on a, on a call uh, on a company five years ago, you could never do, but you could do it today in a totally different level.
2: Another thing I'd like to bring up, talk about uh, digital stuff is, Using your CRM properly. Mm-hmm. I I was talking to I've been um, talking to a, a a small company. They are in the low seven digits of revenue. But what's really cool is they learn learn they use learning management systems really well to be effective, which makes them look big. The customers love it. But they also use CRM pretty effectively. But I did find an error in their CRM the other day. I was looking at their unassigned contacts, and I looked at this guy and. What was really cool is they have their CRM linked to the website. You could see that this guy had looked at six pages of the website, which is about as many pages as they have. So I I thought it was really impressive that this company had this stuff all set up. Now they missed this one guy and I brought it to their attention and they were sort of you know, (laughs) a little bit embarrassed by it, but they do have a system for making sure they capture these people and realize how interested somebody is that has actually come to your door you know, don't miss those people. Don't, don't miss those opportunities. When somebody comes to your website, looks at your content, make sure that you're ready to um, contact them back and take advantage of it.
4: Yeah. I think we're learning a lot from different industries, right? I mean, we've taken a lot from the automotive industry in terms of like how you do marketing and that sort of thing and bring it into to healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the thing that we've thought about is, you know, good, good go to market is opportunity creation, like lead generation, Opportunity nurturing, right? How do you make sure that you're following this person along, and then opportunity capture or conversion, which is okay. Now this person's paying us money, and if I can, if I can be, uh, I'll be very complimentary of uh, the office equipment industry. So my first job out of school, I sold office equipment for Lanier, right? It's part of Rico, and they drilled sales process into us, and they had we had good marketing collateral and that sort of thing. I think I think everybody on the call could take a page out of their book where figure out where your opportunities are falling apart. You think you got a deal and then it walks the way, like what happened? And then build your collateral to that. And if you get that part of your process dialed in, then take the next step and you know, focus in on your CRM and your website and how are you educating people and kind of work your way up. Um, my, my brisket and pecan uh, and pie was with a company that was talking about, hey, we need to have a whole lot of sales opportunities. And I agree with them. The point that I was trying to drive back to them is: How many? What's your conversion rate? Do you know what your conversion rate is? If you don't even know what your conversion rate is, then like, press pause on the podcast, go do the math, figure it out, and then see how you make that better. Yep. Because if you can convert at a higher rate, you don't need as many leads, right? And you get less busy and more successful. Um, and to me, that's that's another opportunity. That's another thing that's working well nowadays.
5: Yeah. Well, it's another whole podcast we could probably talk about, but what are tools that the companies actually need themselves to look internally and how do they follow them? And what are some of those key points they need to follow in things? Because if you're not collecting data and you're not collecting and analyzing it correctly, you could be missing so much because timing is everything.
2: Yep.
4: It goes back to that CRM comment that you made, Ted. Like if you don't have a good CRM, you don't know how long, how long what's the typical time to close a deal? Exactly. Where, where do people stall out? Like those are two easy questions. If you're the CEO of a, of a seven figure med tech company and trying to get to eight figures, like those are two really good questions to know the answers to. Because then then you can figure out how do you shorten that sales cycle? And then how do you find where, you're, where people are falling out and fix that? And then it's a factor, they're gonna end up buying your stuff, which is ultimately the the name of the game, right?
2: Right, right. And I think we're pretty, pretty close out of time, right? Yeah. Are we seeing, are are we getting the hook? Is that what the... um... (laughs) Okay. All right. Cool. So how would we wrap this up? We've talked a lot about access. Mike got us started. I think we've offered a few solutions. Yeah, it is frustrating. How do we wrap
1: this up for our listeners? Well, I think, uh, you know, my parting shot is this is a great time for generative uh, solutions, meaning you cannot go back to what has worked in the past. You really need to look at the resources that you have collectively and use them differently. So you need to use the phone, you need to use trade shows, you need to use digital, you need to use webinars, you need to use email marketing, but Focus in on relationships and how you can pivot from the relationships you have into more like-minded individuals.
5: Yeah, I mean, looking internally to Mike's point is really key at these points is that whatever you had before and the structure and things you have, this is the time to look inwardly and kind of, you know, blow things up. And that may mean a total different direction and do you make or buy it?
4: i think my parting thought would be listen to what mike said just about 20 seconds ago um, because he's saying the right things
2: what do you think Skender?
3: and i think put yourself out there just get out there digitally in person i mean this is the time to maximize every resource that's available get out
2: and that's where they would wrap it on Skender's last words that's where you guys can wrap it up (laughs)
0: perfect Conversion ratings are diminishing as times are changing and the market is saturated with digital marketing and email campaigns. Unless you can really show the value of your product, you'll face an uphill battle during the buyer-seller journey, assuming you can even get that far in the process. Be brief, be brilliant, and be innovative. Understand your customers' pain points and position your product to offer the widest solution possible. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in next week to earn your MBA with the MedTech Business Academy.